Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hey, did you guys get some hot chocolate on the way in? Anybody in the house? Come on. We tra- Nobody. Nobody. We got marshmallows and chocolate chips back there. It is good stuff. We got you hooked up today. If you didn't get any on the way in, I think you can get some on the way out. Uh, we're really excited that you're here today. Merry, Merry Christmas from Radiate Church, our staff, our team members, our family, and our amazing church. Thank you so much for being here. One more time, give it up for everybody in the house. We've already had one amazing experience uh, full of people. Two people gave their hearts to Jesus this morning already. So you're coming in right on the backside of that. That's what it's all about. And uh, we're just excited that you're here. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, they're going to come up on the screen. That's okay. Those scriptures will come up in just a few moments. I want to take a minute as you're turning there, and I want to invite you personally to come back tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. We have a a Christmas Eve uh, communion experience. Uh, It's a family experience, so your kids will be in here. We actually have something for the kids during that experience as well, uh, something very special planned for them. It's going to be an amazing time together as we celebrate Christmas Eve together right here, same place, just one experience at 4 p.m. We are hoping to pack the place out, and we want you to come and just celebrate Jesus before you go to a family dinner or anything like that we'll get you in at four we'll get you out at five so you can go see grandma and uh, I know that's what I got to go do is go see grandma after that and um, so I'm I would love for you to join me tomorrow night if you can't do that I'm sorry to hear that it's very disappointing but next Sunday uh, we have our our new year service our campus director is going to tell you more about that at the end of the service but we have a new our last experience of 2018 next Sunday, man. It's going to be so good because here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, I'm going to go ahead and set the expectation of what's going to happen next week. Next week, we don't have a drum line up here, okay? I will be leading worship though. And so, no, that's not true because that's not good and that would not happen. We bring our best for Jesus and that's not my best. Um, no, next Sunday, we are going to drop some things and leave it in 2018 because they don't belong in 2019 in our new life. Come on, somebody. That's what's happening next week. So we'd love for you to come and be a part of that next Sunday. So uh, how many of you guys are familiar uh, and have seen entirely too much of this stuff over the past few weeks? You know what I'm saying, right? So you're sitting here, and, and I know, uh, how many of you still have Christmas presents to wrap? Anybody still got presents to wrap? Okay, you guys are actually better than the first experience. The first experience is like three quarters of the people are like, yeah, me, all of them, right here. You guys about half and half, all right? So still got Christmas presents to wrap. Either you, uh, half of you are either lying or you're Superman and Superwoman, you know what I'm saying? But over the past few weeks, you probably have gone and you've purchased uh, too many of these, right? So they'll sit in your attic for another 11 months because you got too many and you purchased them and you bought your Superman super glue tape that goes around the side so that no man with human hands can get into it. You gotta pull out your old timer knife just to cut into the box, you know what I'm saying? And then you go and you, uh, y'all, y'all like, you, you, you know about that? Yeah, I'm country. Um, and, so, and so some of you went and you got wrapping paper that actually matches my socks. Come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? You always gotta coordinate, you know what I'm saying? You never know what's gonna happen in life. Um, 
but you got too much wrapping paper. You got, you ordered it off Amazon and there's like 15 rolls sitting there and you're never going to use all that many, but you got them just in case, right? And so you got your wrapping paper and so you've done all your wrapping or you're doing all your wrapping and some of you are just going to be stressed out tomorrow because you're like, I got to get this wrapping done. I got to do it. I have not done it. Santa's supposed to do that. You wrap them. He doesn't. Okay. Um, and so you got these boxes, and here's what I hate about these boxes. This right here. Every time you, 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 you fold them out, they still fold back in, and they don't work, right? But you can go and you can get these boxes anywhere, right? You can get them at any store. You can get a pack of two, three, four, five, however many, for a couple bucks. A few bucks are pretty cheap, right? Or if you go to a store and you buy uh, things from the store, a lot of times they'll give you the box. They'll give it to you. Now, often they'll give you the box, and it's got their logo right there. Sometimes you can tell they just went to the dollar store and bought packs of them and just given them to you, you know? And, and, but you can buy these boxes for next to nothing, right? Do you know why? Because the boxes are pretty, pretty worthless. There's not a whole lot of value in the box. The boxes are like 50 cent a piece. Like there's nothing, not much to it. And then the wrapping paper, you're probably paying way more for colored paper that's going to get ripped up and thrown in the trash. I got a friend. I got a guy. Y'all, this is brilliant. I'm probably going to do this next year. He went and bought rolls, uh, massive rolls of aluminum foil. <laughs> And he wrapped his presents in aluminum foil. He said it's easier because it sticks together. You don't have to use tape. It actually just, you crumple it up together and you push it on. And I was like, and you can hide it in the fridge as leftovers. And ain't nobody going to try to get into it because they're leftover. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it next year. But you probably got too much of this and all these things. And, and, and you can buy rolls of wrapping paper for pretty cheap, right? It's not too bad because the wrapping paper is actually pretty worthless too. People, you know what people are going to do with the wrapping paper that you spent plenty of time on? They're going to throw it away. That's all they're going to do. That's why I'm like, just set it out in front of them and be like, surprise, you know, because, or, or tie the plastic bag that it came up, tie the handles and just be like, here, Psst. why waste the money on the, anybody with me today? I'm starting a coup against wrapping paper. <laughs> But you spent that money on all that so that eventually it would look like this. And it, Megan did wrap this, but it doesn't matter. So, so, so that it would look like this, because this looks good, right? You got the corners uh, folded in perfectly, and, and, and it creates this point that then comes around the side, and you tape it perfectly. It just looks so good, and it's tight around the corners, and you look at it and go, oh, that is beautiful. It's even got... A glittery little bow here so that when you look at it in the right light, it blinds you. And then when you go to pull it off, it gets all over your clothes. And you look like you walked away from a glitter beard or something. And all these things are happening, right? And it's beautiful. You got the tag there. It's just, it's perfect. It's right. But can I tell you something? The wrapping in the box do not make the gift. It's what's inside the wrapping in the box that actually make the gift. Let me, let me put this, let me put this to, to test. Take one of these. When you go home today, grab one of these. I'll give you this one if you really want it. Take one of these and just wrap it up. Don't put anything in it. Just wrap it up and give it to somebody. You know the only person that's going to be excited about getting an empty box for Christmas? is my seven-month-old little boy. You know why? Because he's excited with anything. It doesn't matter. You can be like, here's an pe empty Pepsi bottle. Woohoo! let's go. You know? Because he's a child, he's a baby, but anybody can look at this box and go, there's not much value there, I'm not excited about that. But it's when you put a $2,000 ring inside of this, 
all the ladies with their, fian- with their uh, boyfriends sitting around said, ain't none of you in the room. <laughs> Y'all like, I ain't ready for that, Pastor. Don't put me there. But you put a $2,000 ring in the box, and now the box has gone from 50 cent to $2,000. Instead, and 50 cent. <laughs> instead of the box, instead of the ring going from $2,000 to 50 cent. You with me? Because what's on the inside changes the value of everything else. And I want you to understand that Christmas is not about the birth of a baby. Christmas is about the unwrapping of the value that's inside of you. Christmas is about the unwrapping of the value that's inside of each and every one of us. Because we may get it wrong, but the truth of the matter is there's something invaluable inside of us. Because we can spend so much time making sure that the wrapping is right and the truck is clean and the house is perfect and we live in a museum and not a house, you know what I'm saying? And we can make sure that we're climbing the corporate ladder and we're making the dollars and we're keeping up with all those things. And none of that stuff is bad. But when it becomes our focus, then we lose sight of the value. Because the value is not in the pretty things on the outside. i got to hold all that with an open hand because that's God's. The truth of the matter is the value comes from the inside. It comes from the fact that not who I become. It's not about what I'm going through. It's not about what I'm trying to get to. It's about who Jesus says that I am. And the birth of Jesus is not about a baby. It's about value. And I want to talk to you about that for a few minutes today. Out of Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2 as we move forward. It says this. It says, Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, then a census, that a census be taken of all that inhabited the earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house uh, and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. Now, verse 6, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. Every woman that has ever had a child, when it became day to give birth, you are like, finally, let's get this thing done, right? It became time to give birth. And verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes. She laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn for him. I want you to hear the story, but not just hear it today. I want to bring it to life for a minute. I want to look past the words and into the purpose. I want to look past just the black and white writing and into what Jesus, what God is trying to say to us in this Christmas story. Because there's a few things that are taking place. You can notice in the story that they're having to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, right? And, and because there's a census taking place and there's governmental threat against the head, there's a bounty on the head of Jesus. And all these things are going on that are causing them to move from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And what we often can overlook, we can look and go oh okay they got to register in the town where Joseph grew up so they got to go to Bethlehem and so that makes sense okay they're just traversing across the desert on the back of a donkey who has a pregnant woman ain't no pregnant woman in the history of the universe that said put me on the back of a donkey that'll be great (laughs) nobody but she's on the back of a donkey she's traversing across the desert she's going where she needs to go but what's often forgotten is there's a prophecy in Isaiah that says that the savior of the world will be born in Bethlehem 
Now get this, we have to understand that and here's why. Because God had to make something happen to get them from where they were, which was Nazareth, to where they needed to be, which was Bethlehem. And if we don't understand the cultural relevance of it, then we'll forget the fact that the truth is that whenever God wants to move you to another place, often he will have to disrupt where you currently are. See, sometimes when we forget there's value in us, when we forget what we're carrying is greater than, than what we think. Than what, because, I mean, listen, I'm here to tell you this. As you live your life, you get glimpses of what God has promised you in your life. But it's always just a glimpse. It's never the full picture. So you can look and go, God's got these great things for me to do in my life. But the truth of the matter is, that's a glimpse of what he actually has for you to do. Because the truth is, if he ever showed you the full picture, it would freak us all out. I see great big things for Radiate Church, but here's what I understand. It's just a snapshot into the future of what God has for us because if he showed me the whole thing, I'd probably tuck tail and run the other way because I know I can't do it. But the more that I move with him closer to Bethlehem and away from Nazareth, here's what I mean by that. When I forget the value that's in me, what happens around me is punishment, not set up. And I want you to understand, often God will disrupt things to make us uncomfortable so that we have to get out of Nazareth. Some of us have popped a tent and we sat in Nazareth our entire life and nothing else matters. I just want to stay in Nazareth in my comfortable little life, in my comfortable little place, in my comfortable little seat, on my comfortable little row, at my comfortable little chair, in my comfortable little community, in my comfortable little county. And I want to sit in Nazareth, but here's the thing. We never stop trying to move to Bethlehem because there's always something greater for us to do. You may have it made right now. You may have everything you've ever dreamed of, but I'm here to tell you something. God will disrupt comfort to bring about change. Comfort and change never are synonymous. Every time God wants to change something in you or bring something about to where it's the time to give birth for what he's got for you, he will disrupt Nazareth to get you to Bethlehem. Because he's already decided where it's going to happen. you got to understand. He already said it's going to happen in Bethlehem, but they're living in Nazareth. So what needs to happen to get them from there? Oh, I need to make a governmental rule so that they'll go from here to here. Now, some of you are going, well, so you're telling me God is making all these bad things happen to me? No, but what I am telling you is maybe God's allowing you to get shaken a little bit so that he can move you closer to a place of life change. A place that's uncomfortable. That's right. Come on. A place that's uncomfortable, a place where it's new, a place where it's shifting, a place where things just disrupt. Have you ever read a book or the Bible? I read the Bible uh, every day of my life, and, and that is what brings me life. And the truth of the matter is I'll often read scriptures that I've never read before. In fact, the scriptures we're talking about today, I have read probably a thousand or more times in my lifetime. And the truth of the matter is this year, I just started connecting what I'm talking about today. And it happens to where, if you ever read it and all of a sudden you read it and go, oh, wow. And it challenges you and it even goes, what have I been doing with my life? I'm reading some books on the kingdom of God where I'm going, man, I've gotten it so wrong for so long, right? That's what the scriptures do because God often wants to change us, but he's got to get us out of Nazareth, which means he's got to change a mindset. Some of us are living in a negative and a poverty mentality that God's got to make uncomfortable in you before you'll ever live in a place of, of prosperity and blessing in him. He's got to change that up. 
Some of us are living in a place to where I don't want to do anything different. I'll keep doing what I've always done. We're living in religion instead of relationship. And God wants to shake up your religion. And so now he's trying to get you to a place of relate. He's trying to get us out of Nazareth into Bethlehem. Are you with me today? Don't despise what's happening around you. But don't value yourself by it either. Because the truth of the matter is he's trying to get you from here to here. He had to get Mary and Joseph from here to here or else the prophecy never would have taken place to begin with. And I love the fact that who I was does not define who I am. Who I was does not define where I'm going. I, I want to show you something in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. I love this scripture. This is one of my favorite things. I, I, I love remembering this and thinking about this. But it says, The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love the fact that I can look like I've got it all together. I can wear the suit coat. I can wear the nice clothes. I can do all that stuff. I can do what I want to do, but it's not any of that that matters. That's what we look at. Let me put it to you like this. We can judge the wrapping, but God don't care about the wrapping. God only cares about what's underneath the wrapping. God doesn't look at the bow and go, oh, that's pretty. I'll stop there. God looks at the bow and goes, what are they hiding because they're trying to make up for something right there? What's on the inside that needs to be shifted a little bit into my glory, into giving me praise, into giving me glory because I want them to be better than they've ever been in their life. And I want you to understand this. This is not about the birth of a, of a savior that is an egotistical, maniacal man that just wants glory for him. This is about the, the birth of a savior that wants your value and your life and your best life now so that we can walk out the value that he's placed in us because it's not about the box. It's not about the wrapping. It's not about the bow. It's not about the tag. It's not about the socks. It's not about any of that. It's about the value on the inside. And often we got to look at things in a different way to get it there and to understand what's on the inside. And the truth is, he will move, he will do, I, I need you to hear this today. God will do whatever it takes to get you from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Not because he's punishing you, but because he loves you. I know in my life, there's been some shakeups that have happened. And I have been mad and frustrated and irritated at God for it. And I have let him know, I don't know if you know this or not, but for me, I speak my mind a lot. And I'm kind of dramatic about things every now and then. I know it's hard to understand. It's hard to believe. But you know what the truth of the matter is? I'll let God know. And then at the end of the day, when that whole situation that was going to ruin my entire life is over, I get to a place to where I'm better on the other side. Because way back when, he already decided where the birth needed to take place of what he had, had in me and the value I was carrying. So I want you to walk out of here today and understand something. What you're going through is not a punishment. It's a setup for God to do something great in your life because he's got to get you to the place to where he can give birth. Here's what I remember. I'll tell you a quick story. How many people with kids do we have in the room? Anybody with kids? Yeah. We, we, we're a church. We're blessed to have very young families with a ton of kids. And we believe one of the greatest ways to love you is to love on your kids. So Radiate Kids Ministry is, is rocking and rolling and doing amazing things as we, we're in here learning today. But I've got three kids of my own. And people always ask me, are you done? Are you kidding me? I got three. Yes, I'm done. Are you crazy? 
I got three kids. I got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a, and a seven-month-old. And the five-year-old is a little girl. She's the only girl in the clan. Uh, and she's got daddy wrapped, and that's okay. And um, so I've got seven, five, and three, and uh, seven months. And I can remember, right? I can remember when each of them, it was time to give birth. You know what I'm saying? I remember leading up for weeks or months leading up to that, my wife was like, I am so tired of this. People walk up to me and go, how's the pregnancy? And I'm like, I feel fine. And she would hit me and be like, that's not funny anymore because I don't. You know, it's time. It's time to have this baby. And like her eyes turn red and laser beams come out. Y'all know what, you, all the husbands in the house said, praise God, amen. And all the ladies said, back off. Anyway, so, but I remember when it was time for my oldest son, Brody, to, to be born. And y'all, I, I, um, I said it earlier, I can be a little dramatic at times. And I get excited very easily. I'm just like an energetic kind of guy. And so I remember the night. We were uh, at the house. It was just me and my wife because we didn't have any kids. I didn't know anything about kids. All I knew about kids was they were cute, right? And so I remember her going, baby. And I was like, yeah. She said, it's time. And I was like, it's, it's time for? Time for what? And she said, I, I, think, I think it's time uh, for the baby to be, my water just broke. And I went, your water, huh? <laughs> right? Now, all I knew about that period of my life was what Hollywood had told me. Y'all, she goes, grab the overnight bags, put them in the car, and let's go. And I was like, you were serious about that? I didn't even have one pack. I just started grabbing drawers and just dumping them into a suitcase. I'm like, I'm a male. I don't prepare ahead of time, right? I had 75 socks, but I didn't have a single T-shirt whenever I got to the hospital. I started grabbing her drawers and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. And so we, we get there, and I'm going like 90 miles an hour down the road, because I'm like, this baby's going to come any second. We get there, and they're taking their time. I'm like, it's time. I ain't filling this form out. It's time the baby's coming, right? I ain't catching this baby. That's your job, not my job. Y'all, I'm going down the interstate. I'm flying down the interstate. We get to the hospital. They put us in a room, and they're like, yeah, it'll be a few more hours. I'm like, excuse me? I just risked my life, their life. Everybody on the road's life. I just risked getting a ticket for this thing. Like, you gonna have this baby now? They're like, no, it's a process. And I'm like, the process is now. <laughs> I didn't know about all this stuff, right? And so I remember in the moment when it was time, and so when I read the story where it says that she got from Nazareth to Bethlehem and it was time, I can imagine Joseph, they didn't have a baby. They didn't even know what it meant. Listen, she was a virgin. They didn't even know about all that stuff. And here's the deal. Now they got to give birth, and it's time I can imagine them going, oh my goodness, what in the world's going on? That's often what it feels like whenever God brings us into a new city and a new a season in our life to where we get there and go, I don't know how to inhabit this season of my life. And God goes, I had to get you from there to here, and I'll walk with you every second of the way because i got to give birth of the value that's in you in this season so that I can walk with you. You cannot give birth to something that's out of season. And God's got to get us there. And the second thing that happens is they show up, right? So they get to Bethlehem, and they go up to the Motel 6, and they didn't leave the light on for them. There was no room. 
They show up, they knock on the door, they're like, hey, we just want a room, right? They're like, oh, sorry, it's census time. There's so many people here, we don't have any space. Um, I don't think you understand, it's time for the baby. She's been riding on a donkey and it's time, right? The hotel owner goes, there's no, there's no room. Now, he says that there's room in a stable. Now, theologians and scholars say that it could have been in a cave or it could have been under the house, but both could have been accurate because stables were in both places. But the truth is, they go to this stable. He's born in a stable in a manger. And, 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 and it's crazy when you understand the cultural relevance here because there's all, can I tell you something? Nothing God does is ever out of place. Nothing God does in your life is ever out of place because you got to understand what a manger was. Some of you know this, but maybe there's something about this that, that changes your life as much as it did mine this week. And it's this. A manger was a feeding trough for horses. It could hold water or it could hold hay. It most often held hay. And as the feeding trough is there, what owners would do is they'd take the horse, the rope that held the horse, and they'd tie the, the rope to the end or the bottom of a manger or somewhere around it so that the horse was always around the manger or the feeding trough so that when the horse got hungry, even if everything else was going haywire around them, they always had access to food that they needed so that they could stay fulfilled. Now, if you move to Matthew chapter, 20, chapter 6, right? I mean, John 6 and 35 is going to come up on the screen. Jesus says something later in his life that is really interesting and a really interesting parallel to the entire thing. He says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger and he who believes in me will not thirst. Isn't it interesting? Leave that up. Isn't it interesting that the man that was born in a manger that held food and or water that fed horses is now looking at us and going just like the manger I was born in and the horse could always come to it to get the nutrients that it needed to stay fulfilled you can come to me anytime you need to to stay fulfilled I will not give you a prerequisite I will not look at you and tell you you got to get it right I will not look at you and tell you you can't do this and you can't do that. at any point in time you can always return back to the trough to the manger to the Savior Jesus Christ and always be fulfilled through food or water it's an amazing parallel whenever I understand this I often can go through lives my life we can go through our lives and we try to fulfill ourselves on everything else. Relationship after relationship that bombs and goes down the drain. Job after job because we're chasing a paycheck. Uh, or we can go through all, you name it, addiction after addiction, whatever it is. And the truth of the matter is this. There is nothing that will ever sustain or fulfill us other than Jesus Christ himself laying in a manger as the bread of life and the water that we will never have to thirst again. He is the only one that can fulfill fill us and sustain us and can I tell you something when I realize that in my life and there are times I forget it but when I realize that over and over and over and over again I realize something it gives me freedom because now I know that it's not by my might, it's not by my will, it's not by my gift that anything takes place. It is only by the will, the power, and the life, and the birth, and the death of Jesus Christ that I can only be fulfilled through him and nothing else. And it changes me when I read that this week and I realized what a manger was. And I went to John, uh, Matthew 6 and I saw that or John 6, and I saw that, and I was like, you know what? Jesus is saying to me, and he's saying to you, 
that it is not the outside things that will fulfill you. It is not the box. It is not the wrapping paper. It is not the completed gift. Because I'm going to tell you something. You see people every single day that have it all together, yet on the inside they have nothing. And it's not because they're terrible people. In fact, some of you are sitting in the room today and you feel like you've got it all together, yet you can never be fulfilled or satisfied. So you've got to talk about everybody else's problems because your problems are too overwhelming for you. You feel like you've got to chase another dollar sign. Because nothing ever fulfills me enough. I feel like I need to chase another relationship because nothing is ever enough. Because here's the deal. Listen to me. Because on the outside, we got it all together. We got the job, the car, the house, the kids. We got the wrapping. We got the bow. We got the name tag. All those things. We show up. We serve at church. But can I tell you something? It's nothing about that. It's only about the submission and tying myself to the manger of Jesus and saying, just like you fed the horses, you feed me today. Just like you were born as an innocent child, you're born into my life today as a forgiving Savior. And here's the last thing that I notice in this entire thing. I love this. I love it so much. If you, What if Christmas isn't even about who came but about what he left behind. Let me explain something to you. Later in the Gospels, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them this. He says, if you want to be a disciple of mine, if you want to be a follower of me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. In other words, here's what he's saying if you want to go back and understand culture. Here's what he's saying. You have to be willing to lay everything down and follow me only if you really want to be a disciple of mine. But can I tell you something? We read that and it's really challenging. And we hear that and it's really challenging. But can I tell you something? He's not asking you to do something he hasn't already done. Jesus hadn't made. He hovered the earth in Genesis 1 with God and the Holy Spirit. And they created the earth in their image. It says it in those words. Not only that, he sat on the throne at the right hand of the Father in the kingdom. And at some point, God looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, you're all I've got as a son, as an offspring. But I need you to go down to the earth. And it's going to be in a weird way. But you're going to be flesh and blood of me. And Jesus, you're going to be born in a manger. And from the day before, even before you grace this earth with your cry, Jesus, the truth of the matter is, there's going to be a bounty on your head. And, and, and I need you to live 30 years as anybody else would live 30 years. I need you to be tempted. I need you to go through everything that comes your way with integrity and with the kingdom. And then the last three years, Jesus, I need you to build a ministry that establishes the church, the big C church, that all always establishes the kingdom of God. And then you're going to die, and it's going to be gruesome, and it's going to be painful, and it's going to be ter- terrible. People are going to cry. You're going to have to leave relationships because when you die on that cross, I need you to carry the sins and the wrongdoings of every single person that will ever walk the face of the earth. The people in Elgin, South Carolina that are going to attend church on December 23rd, 2018, I need you to go to the cross for them. And Jesus, at that point, you're going to come back up. When you hear the story in that way, you begin to understand that it wasn't just about a baby coming, but it was about a king leaving his throne. 
And so when he looks at us and he says, I need you to be willing to leave everything behind to follow me, he's looking at you and going, I need you to do what I did. I need you to do that because you love me, because I did that because I love you. You know what I love about, in closing, the story of Christmas and it's the birth of a baby? There is nothing more innocent than a baby, is it? I told you earlier, I had a seven-month-old, and, and um, we had our staff Christmas party this past Friday at my house. And we had a three-month-old there, we had a six-month-old there, and we had a seven-month-old there. And I played with all of them. And, and, and it's amazing to me. And my son, you know, we played and we laughed and the babies are cackling and, 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 and they're laughing and smiling. And there's like a baby smile just immediately makes you light up. My son has learned this amazingly annoying high-pitched scream lately. Seven months old. And, and it scares me every time because it makes me think that the windows are going to shatter and the earth is falling apart. Like, it's, it's incredibly annoying, and it gets on my last nerve. And he does it, and I'll look at him and go, ah, no. Y'all don't look at me like that. Because I'm trying to teach him, like, don't do that. You freak me out. And here's what he does. He'll look at me with this confused look, and then he'll smile. And then about 45 seconds later, he does it again. I'm like, ah, no. And here's the thing. A minute later... He doesn't hold the fact that I got onto him over me. You know what he does? He looks at me for who I am in that moment. He goes, that's my dad. And yeah, he fussed at me. He doesn't even remember it. You know why? Because he's a baby. Can I tell you that today, Jesus is looking at you through the eyes of a child. And he's not holding over you anything that you did 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago or 10 hours ago. He's looking at you and going, I see you for who you are in front of me today. And because of that, I smile in your direction and I open my arms. You know, my son has gotten to the point where when I do that, he does this now. Seven months old. It's the most beautiful, amazing thing. I did it this morning and I was like, yes. And can I tell you that the moment that you reach down for the baby Jesus... He reaches back with arms wide open and says, if you'll embrace me, I'll embrace you. And we'll enter into a relationship that changes both of our lives forever because I'm not here to make my kingdom. I'm here to, to establish the kingdom of God and to make you better on the other side. Jesus says it's about the kingdom of God. And I just want to do this with you. So the birth of Jesus this year as Christmas is here and we're celebrating, can I tell you, listen to me, because I'm about to end right now, is not about how pretty the package is. Because maybe it looks amazing. And it's taken you 35 years to make it look amazing. But if there's not something valuable on the inside, then the package means nothing. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus came because there's something valuable on the inside of you. Because he wants what's on the inside of you to increase the value of what's on the outside of you. Not for what's on the outside to devalue what's on the inside. Are you with me today? And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you. In fact, if you would just bow your heads with me today. And maybe some of you would say in this room, you would say this. You'd say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus. 
I need to give him everything I have. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer or maybe you did and you walked away from it and it never mattered to you anymore after that moment on the altar. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But I want you to know that there are two people in the 10 o'clock experience who said, I need to submit my life to Jesus because he is the only hope that I have that can unwrap the value in me. And I want to offer that same experience, that same opportunity to you. That you'd say, I I need to give him my life. I need to give him everything I have. Because this Christmas, the best thing I can give him, myself, and my family is a new life through Jesus. If that's you, would you do something for me? I'm not going to ask you to walk up front or nothing. Every eye is closed. I'm just going to ask you to hold your hand up in the air real high so I can see it. Because I really want to pray with you today. The salvation of Jesus into your life. Amen. Anybody else? Would you say this prayer with me today all together as a family? Say, dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for a new life. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. I want to walk with you. I want to live with you. I won't always get it right, but I will always give it to you. I am yours and you're mine. Thank you this Christmas for the present of a new life. I love you, Jesus. Father, right now, I just pray for every single person. God, there's people that prayed that prayer, that meant it in their heart. Your word says that if we say it with our mouth and we believe it in our hearts that you are Lord, God, I just, that, that we are saved. And God, I just believe there's some people that said that and believed it, but they didn't raise their hands. And that's okay. But God, we did have somebody raise their hand in this service and in this experience. And we believe that a new life is the greatest thing we can walk into. And so, God, I pray that as we go throughout the holiday season, that we would walk in, in, in step, in unison with Savior, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And let us never forget the entire reason for Christmas is hope and value in our lives. And God, we honor you and praise you in your name. Amen. Can we give it up for the one person that raised their hand in the second experience this morning? Come on, you can do better than that. Let's make some noise. We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.